So I'm going to do things just a little bit weird today um, with the reading from Jonah. I'm not going to read it quite yet. We're going to talk about Jonah before we really read the story. Jonah was a prophet, and he was active in the northern kingdom of Israel about 800 years before Jesus was around, give or take. And at the time when Jonah was a prophet, the Assyrian Empire, kind of out to the east in what we would call now, I think that's where Iraq is now. So the Assyrian Empire was was growing in power and, and prestige, and they were taking over more and more neighboring kingdoms. And that's kind of all happening out to the side. Well, the, the capital of the Assyrian Empire was Nineveh. And remember that. We're going to hear that when we get to the reading. Now, the entire book of Jonah is only four chapters. It's, it's really, really short. And at the beginning, God and Jonah, apparently, they're just having a chat. They're talking about stuff. And God says to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to stand in the middle of the city, and you need to preach to them. And you're going to say, you need to repent, or else God's going to lay waste to this place. And Jonah's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. But God's like, no, that's what you need to do. And the more and more Jonah thinks about this, the less and less Jonah wants to do it. And so instead of going to Nineveh to the east, Jonah goes and he jumps on a boat and he goes the complete opposite direction. He's like, ha ha, I'm going to sail away there. God can't find me. Now, how many of you are familiar with the story of Jonah? Hopefully most of you. You know that this does not go so well for Jonah. And as they're sailing along off to this place called Tarshish, that's a fun one, Tarshish. It's hard to say, Tarshish, Tarshish. He's going to Tarshish. He's going west, opposite direction. And this big storm comes up. And everyone on this, this ship is freaking out. They're like, we don't know who's to blame for this. Something is going strange. Somebody must have messed up really, really big. Who do we think it is? And so they cast lots, which pretty much means they throw dice. And it falls to Jonah. And they're like, Jonah, did you mess up? And Jonah's like, yeah, I think I did. And he says, so here's what you need to do. You better throw me overboard. Otherwise, you're all going to die. And they're like, really? That seems extreme. But he's like, yes, throw me overboard. And so they throw him overboard, and immediately the, the storm stops. So, yep, apparently he knew what he was talking about. The ship sails away, and here's Jonah floating in the water. And what happens? The whale, this giant whale comes up and swallows him. And for three days, he's in the belly of the whale. I think that this is God's ultimate timeout for Jonah. And Jonah's like, Hey, Lord, um, I think I messed up. I'm sorry. I know you really want me to go to Nineveh. I suppose I'll do it. And God's like, thank you. And then the whale spits him out on the shore. Ew. And okay, he's going to go to Nineveh. But he's still not happy about it. Because in this banter that's been going on between Jonah and God, Jonah basically says, God, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go, and I'm going to proclaim that you're going to lay waste unless they repent, and they're going to repent, and you're just not going to do anything. Right? And God's like, maybe. It's like, that's what's going to happen. I don't want to do it. It's not even worth my time. And God's like, yes, it is. And he's like, fine, fine, fine. So he trudges off to Nineveh. I bet he was stomping his feet like a really mad toddler. And off he goes, and he proclaims this. 
Let's see, do I want to start reading yet? Not quite, okay, not quite. And he makes this proclamation, and then he's like, you guys better turn around or God's going to lay waste to you. And then he goes out and he sits on a hillside and he's like, now I'm going to watch. Well, he must be a really good preacher because everybody's like, I think we better repent. We don't really know who this God is that this Jonah guy is talking about, but it sounds bad. Maybe we should repent. And everyone in the city decides, yes, we should do this, including the king or the emperor, or whatever his title is. Even he's like, we better listen. And so he declares, no one can eat or drink. Everyone needs to wear sackcloth, and we need to repent, and we need to mourn. And not only just the people, but all of the, the, the uh, livestock needs to do this too. That's a weird thing, isn't it? Thinking about repentant livestock. Have you, I've been around cows my entire life. I've never seen a repentant cow. Never been sorry. What would that even be like? Moo. I don't know. I don't know. So that's like chapters one and two. Okay? Everyone with me? Okay. Our reading for today, and you can stay seated. Don't worry about stamina. Our reading for today comes from Jonah chapter three, verse 10 through four, verse 11. When God saw what the people of Nineveh had done, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he said that he would bring upon them and did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush and so it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and it perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 people who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals. The word of the Lord. Okay, sermon part two now. In my house, we have two different colored bath towels. One of them, or one set, is plain white, just oh, plain white bath towel. And the other one's kind of this really pretty white-gray pattern. I like it really nice. It's really pretty. I picked them out. It was nice. And I have my color that I use, and my wife has her color that she uses. Thursday, I did the laundry. 
including the towels. And when I was done, I took them back in the bathroom to hang them up so they'd be nice and fresh for Friday morning. Friday morning, I pulled back the shower curtain and I looked and the towels were in the wrong places. Now, ultimately, this is not a big deal whatsoever. I grabbed the wrong towel and I dried off with it, which is what a towel is supposed to do. It did not affect things at all, but I was really upset about this. <laughs> I, was, I remember standing there thinking to myself, that's wrong. It's just not right. And then I realized that I had done it, so I had no one to blame but myself. But it was weird how much I really focused in on this. This thing that ultimately did not affect me at all, I was still able to dry off after my shower, and it was fine. And the next time I do laundry, I'll put them back in the right places. But I was really upset by this thing that didn't ultimately affect me. And I think in that moment, I had a lot in common with Jonah. We hear today, Jonah is the master of temper tantrums, isn't he? First off, I don't want to go to Nineveh because it's going to be a waste of time, God. This is just what's going to happen, and why do I even go? Which, as we hear in the story, that's precisely what happens. Then he has a temper tantrum about the fact that it happened just like he said it was going to. And then he's got this, this vine that grows up over him, and he's like, oh, that's a nice vine. I'm really glad it's there. And then it dies, and he throws another hissy fit over it. I wish I was dead. And God's like, dude, why? Well, it's hot. Really? Yes. Should you be angry about this bush that you did nothing for? Yes. Angry enough to die, God. Don't you get that? Come on, just smack him and be like, dude, wake up. But the ultimate thing that Jonah is sort of losing his mind over is, I don't think it really has much to do with the vine. I think it's this idea that God... You are showing mercy on people that I don't think you should. I mentioned earlier that, that this is the, the capital of the Assyrian Empire. Now, if you are familiar with the history of the Holy Land, you know that roughly 50 to 100 years after this happened, the Assyrian Empire came in and took over the northern kingdom where jo Jonah was from. They... they just took it over. They hauled a bunch of people off into exile. And Jonah was a prophet. So maybe Jonah knew that this was coming down the pipe. Maybe he didn't either, but he knows that these are enemies of our people. They're enemies of our culture. And if given the chance, they're going to come in and they're going to take us over. So Jonah is familiar with all this. Maybe he thinks it'll be good if God wipes them out, because if God wipes them out, then we don't have to worry about them anymore. I think maybe that's figuring into all of this. But, but ultimately, Jonah seems to know, God, if we give them the chance, they're going to repent. You're going to show mercy. And that's not fair. I love how this story is partnered up with our gospel lesson for today. I am going to reference that just a little bit. Because that's at the heart of this parable that Jesus also shares today. And that's kind of what I was talking with the kids about a moment ago, that we have this sense of fairness that God, or, or, or Master, we worked for you in the heat all day. We worked all day. And these people that only worked for an hour, you have made them equal to us. And then there's a statement that, that 
Jesus shares in this parable that I love, are you jealous because I am generous? And I think that's the case with Jonah too. Jonah, are you jealous because God is showing mercy and care and compassion on all of these people, these 120,000 people and repentant cows, apparently. Don't forget about them. And I find myself wondering if we ever fall in that same boat. The grace of God, the mercy of God shown to each one of us is a spectacular, wonderful gift to every single one of us. But it becomes offensive when people that we think don't deserve it also receive it, doesn't it? Maybe you've heard me talk about this before, maybe you haven't, but there is an offensive nature about the grace of God because no one deserves it. No one. We are all broken, flawed people, and if it was about us earning our way into salvation, none of us would make it. That's what makes the free gift of God's grace so important to every single one of us. But does not God claim all of humanity as beloved children? And does God not show care and concern for all of humanity, whether we think they deserve it or not? I mean, how many times have we been in a situation where we see somebody getting a punishment and we think, ha ha, I mean, does that make us petty? Maybe. But let's be honest, we probably all do it, don't we? I know I do. I remember when I was young seeing my siblings get in trouble and thinking, <laughs> we're honest, we probably all do it, because I think that's human nature. And I think that's probably what Jonah thought the people of Nineveh deserved. They deserved to be destroyed. But what does it say about our Lord, about our God, the one who made all of this, that God cares enough about all of creation, including every single member of humanity, that God's going to show love and care and concern and compassion on every single person. Whether we think they deserve it or not, they probably think the exact same thing about us. I've told this one before, but I believe this to be true. One day when I hopefully breeze my way through the pearly gates and walk into heaven, I know I'm going to see somebody there, and I'm going to be like, they let you in? And you made the cut? None of us deserve it. But thanks be to God that it's not about us earning it. God loves us so much that through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has made salvation possible for every single one of us. Move.